We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. And guess what? There's basketball on tonight. That's right. Team USA taking on Puerto Rico in an exhibition match. It's a tune-up for the FIBA World Cup, which is coming up towards the end of the month. Come watch Austin Reeves and Team USA directly with us. That's right. The return. We're back on playback. Come hang out with us tonight on playback. Putting the link in the description down below here on the YouTube channel. I'll put it in the description section as well over on the podcast feed. Game starts at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Come hang out. I'll be talking Lakers basketball all throughout the game. We'll be breaking down everything that we see happen. I'm going to get into a little later in the show what specifically I'm going to be watching for from Austin Reeves. So that's coming up in just a bit. But come join us tonight, 7 o'clock Pacific time on playback. Again, use that link in the description down below. All right. A lot to talk about on today's show. We do have the Anthony Davis contract extension that went down uh, last Friday. We've got a few more details on that. Well, one big detail that came out on that that's really important that I want to talk about. I need to talk a little bit about Cole Swider winding up with Miami, a little bit about Austin Reeves. So this will be a bit of a shorter show compared to a normal Lakers Nation podcast, but nonetheless, still plenty of things to discuss. So let's get into it and let's start out with uh, Anthony Davis's contract update. So we know Anthony Davis agreed to terms on a three-year contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, there's different numbers out there in terms of how much it's worth. We heard one number we were hearing for a while was 168 million. Another number we were hearing was, I believe it was 186 million. People were asking, well, why is there this big gap between the two numbers? What's the real number at? Well, the reason why there is that is because the actual number is going to be tied to the salary cap. So whether it's 168 million, 186 million, it's going to depend on how much the, the cap actually rises. It's going to be tied as a percentage of the cap. So if the cap rises 10%, it'll put it all the way up to that 186 million figure. If it only rises like 4%, like it's currently projected, then he'd be looking at more like 168 million. Again, it's all relative in terms of percentage of the cap. And that's not what's changing. And I've been saying for a while, Keith Smith and I have been saying the same thing on the front office show. We probably need to get in the habit of focusing more on a contract in terms of percentage of the cap rather than the actual dollar amount. Because the dollar amount, well, especially when the cap goes up, it creates so much sticker shock. We go, whoa, what? Jalen Brown got how much? Anthony Davis got how much? 
that's crazy, right? Because this guy two years ago only got this much. Well, the percentage of the cap is the important piece here because that's what ultimately determines roster building. And if the cap goes up, that just means the NBA is making more money, right? So that's where I don't worry too much about the dollar amount. I worry more about the percentage of the cap that the player's tie tying up. Anthony Davis will be right around 34% of the cap when he gets into this extension. Keep in mind, year one and year two of this now five-year deal that he's on are going to stay the same. He's under contract this year. He picks up his option for next year as well and then tax three years onto that. That will put Anthony Davis in L.A. through 2028. Maybe. According to Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, and this is uh, the big update here, Anthony Davis got a player option on the final year of his deal. Now, Anthony Davis is 30, so that's going to put him about 34 years old and he'll have the ability to opt out and sign a new deal. Now, typically players of that age, they're probably going to just opt in, but you never know. Who knows what kind of shape Anthony Davis is in at that point and what things are looking like for the Lakers. The bottom line is this is a bad thing for the team. That, I mean, this is also a bad thing for the tradability of the contract. This is going to be seen as a negative in this contract because Anthony Davis, if AD, if the wheels start falling off, if this was a team option at the end of the deal, well, the Lakers would be in a much stronger position. If this was just a straight five years guaranteed, no options, they'd be in a better position. But the fact that Anthony Davis has a player option, what that means is that if he's playing really well still and he's worth more than that contract, he's going to opt out and get more. However, if he's not living up to that contract, he's going to opt in and still get that deal. So it increases the likelihood that at the end, this turns into a bad deal for the final year or so. Again, hopefully this all works out great. Anthony Davis is playing at a high level all the way through the contract. He stays relatively healthy. We know there's some concerns there. But again, anytime from the team perspective, anytime there's a player option on the deal, that's going to be seen as a negative. From the player's perspective, it's going to be a positive. And in this case, like Austin Reeves got a player option. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because Austin will be in his prime. He can opt out, get even more money. But a player option for AD when he's going to be 34 years old, is he really is the upside really there to get more money at the end of this contract at say 34? Is that really going to be there? I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see where things are at, but it seems less likely. However, it protects AD a bit more against the downside. Meanwhile, devaluing the contract somewhat to the Lakers. That, again, I, I don't want to go overboard here and make this sound like it's some huge deal. It's not until it is. But for now, it's not some huge, huge problem in the contract or anything like that. It's just something that's worth noting. It's worth noting that there is a player option now at the end of this deal and that Anthony Davis will have control over whether or not there is a fifth year on this contract. Now, that being said, I was, you know, in general, Lakers fans responded favorably to this deal. And there were some of you, Lakers Nation, who, who weren't in favor. And I get it. I get it. Look, Anthony Davis has a history of injury. I've explained many times on this show why I felt that this was the correct move for the Lakers, specifically that I think this gives them some certainty moving forward. And it also potentially gives them a trade chip. Should LeBron James decide next summer, I'm not going to pick up my player option. I'm going to sail off into the sunset. Um, that gives the Lakers the ability to, should they decide to tear down and go into a rebuild, they could trade Anthony Davis for future assets and use those assets to help jumpstart that rebuild. Or you build out 
a new iteration of the Lakers around AD. And I'm going to go further in depth into that. We'll do a show later on this week on the future of the Lakers and the different paths that you can go down. I've already kind of discussed it a little bit, but we'll go further in depth later on in the week. But the bottom line is that I look at this deal as a positive, but around the NBA, man, fans of other teams, they love to jump on the Lakers anytime they can because they hate the Lakers. Why? Because the Lakers beat them so many times, 17 championships. You know that's a thing. Not to sound arrogant or, or whatever, but it's it's a fact, right? When a team has been really good for a long time, they tend to get a lot of haters. There's a lot of Lakers haters out there, just like there's a lot of Lakers fans out there. It's the way it goes. It comes with the territory. We know it. We're comfortable with it. But uh, a lot of people clowning the Lakers for, for this deal. And I think it comes down to, down to this. First of all, if Anthony Davis was on their teams, the people who are speaking ill of this deal, they'd be wanting this deal to get done. They'd be wanting this deal. Because I, I've said it many times. Look, the worst thing that can happen in a situation like this is not that you sign the player to an extension, right? The worst thing is that your star player walks away in free agency. Now, again, I, I shouldn't say worst, I guess, because the worst thing could be serious, like career-ending injury and, and that type of stuff, right? Obviously. Um, that's a risk that, you, that you're taking here. But you'd much rather have a star player under contract so that you do have the ability to trade them in the future if need be, rather than have that player hit free agency and risk losing them for nothing. We saw with Dwight Howard. Look at how damaging that was to the Lakers when Dwight Howard walked away and went to Houston. That was so damaging because you got nothing for him. Nothing. Had Dwight told the Lakers back at the trade deadline, hey, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to stay. They could have at least flipped him and gotten something back, right? So losing a player to free agency, which Lakers fans should remember, the sting of that, um, it's not good. It can set a franchise back for a long, long time, particularly if you're not going to wind up as a team with cap space after that player walks away. Now, the Lakers, I think they would wind up with caps, particularly if AD's walking away because LeBron's walking away. But nonetheless, I look at this as a worthwhile gamble for the Lakers, whether they want to build the next iteration around AD, whether they want, they want to pivot and go another direction and go into a rebuild. Either way, I think it's a win, again, while taking the gamble on Anthony Davis' health. But I also think this is, you know, there's this perception of AD that he's made of glass, that he just can't stay healthy. And look, he's missed his fair share of games. But I think that the perception of AD being injury prone is outsized compared to his peers. You know, it's been put out there that he played a lot more games than um, than some of his contemporaries. We look at Kawhi Leonard, we look at Paul George, right? He's he's played more games than some of these other guys that don't quite have the same reputation. And part of that is, you know, the nickname Street Clothes gets assigned to him. But Anthony Davis, the injuries are, are a concern and there's something you have to be careful of. But if you're the Lakers, you still needed to do this deal. It made all the sense in the world to do this deal, get it done, have certainty moving forward. And look, fans of other teams may say, oh, you're paying him too much. Let the Lakers worry about that. Anthony Davis, when he's on the floor, he is very much worth every penny. You look at what he did defensively. Sean Davis and I talked about that the other day. He was better than minus 16% to opponents at the rim. He decreased opponent field goal percentage by 16%, actually more than that, at the rim during the playoff. Like, that is ridiculous. He does absurd stuff. Absurd stuff. And again, the qualifier is win healthy. 
But if I'm looking at this, this was the move that the Lakers had to make. And I think that people jump too much on Anthony Davis for being injury prone simply because of nicknames and things like that without realizing how he actually compares to some of his peers in the NBA in terms of how many games that he plays. But nonetheless, let's move on a little bit. I still think the Anthony Davis contract was a fine move for the Lakers. Give me your thoughts, though, in the comments section down below. Important to note, though, Anthony Davis player option in the final year. Cole Swider is going to sign with the Miami Heat. Now, I've been told this is going to be an Exhibit 10 deal. Um, So what that would mean, an Exhibit 10 deal for Cole Swider would mean that he's kind of being earmarked for the G League, that at some point the Heat would cut him and then he would wind up with their G League team and he would play there. That's what an Exhibit 10 deal does. It gives you a little bit of a bonus, gives you some extra cash in exchange for sticking with a G League team for a period of, I believe it's three months. That may have changed under the new CBA. I'd have to check it out. But under the old rules, it was three months with the G League club and you would get your your bonus. Um, used to be $50,000. I believe that's gone up now, though. Everything's shifting with the new CBA. But bottom line, that's what an Exhibit that 10 deal does. Gets you a little bit extra money to not go play overseas and to stay with the team's G League program. However, however, the way Cole has to be looking at this is that Miami, if they execute a Damian Lillard trade, they're going to trade out more players than they bring in, which is going to create an opportunity for a full roster spot to be found there if he can impress them enough. So this is an opportunity for him. I know Lakers fans kind of roll their eyes because this is exactly the team that everybody said was going to pick him up when the Lakers waved Cole Swider because they seem to find a way with these guys that are great shooters to make it work. And Cole Swider is just that. He's a great shooter, shot 43% from three last season in the G League, shot 43% in summer league from deep. This guy can shoot the hell out of the ball. But we know from the Lakers, they decided to move on. They decided uh, to turn to Alex Fudge, a younger player, for his defensive upside. They felt like they'd kind of seen what they'd seen out of Cole Swider. And uh, you know what? All we can do is wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he finds success in Miami, and I hope he plays great unless he's playing the Lakers. Otherwise, I hope Cole has a wonderful time in Miami, and I hope he does win that final roster spot. Specifically, One of the things Christian Wood is waiting on is to see if a Damian Lillard trade um, opens up a bunch of roster spots in Miami and maybe there's, you know, minutes to be had there. I hope Cole Swider goes and just impresses the hell out of the Miami Heat and they go, ah, no, we're not going to take Christian Wood on. Unlikely, I guess. But instead, we're going to just just give this roster spot to Cole Swider and then that could push him to LA. By the way, still on center watch here. 14th roster spot for the Lakers. Who will get it? We're still waiting to find out, though. It does seem pretty certain that it's going to be a center that gets it. I really think it's going to take the Damian Lillard move, either going to, going down or definitively not going down for the market to kind of open up again and for us to see the Lakers eventually make that move. All right, last thing I've got for today, Team USA. What are we going to watch for tonight over on Playback? Again, Team USA, Puerto Rico, 7 o'clock Pacific time tonight on Playback. Come watch it with us. Link is in the description on the YouTube channel, also on the podcast feed. So specifically, there are two main things that I want to find out in regards to Austin Reeves. Now, Steve Kerr has talked all about Austin's versatility and how impressive it is that he can play just about any different style. And I look at Austin's game. Look, I don't pretend to be an expert on FIBA play, right? I, I follow the NBA. That's my main league. But However, when I do watch FIBA and I look at the skill sets that are needed 
Austin seems like an ideal fit. You need guys that are very versatile, guys that can shoot, guys that can handle, guys that can pass, can be decision makers, and defend on the other end of the floor. Austin can do all of those things. So I'm really curious to see, number one, what lineups do we see Steve Kerr use him in? Because he's talked about Austin as a connector, and I agree with that assessment 100%. We've talked about how Austin has a compounding effect on players around him. You put him in a lineup with LeBron, with AD, he's going to make life easier on those players. In addition to playing extremely well himself, he has that kind of effect of improving everybody around him with his solid, steady play on both ends of the floor. And so I am interested to see how does Steve Kerr use him and who does he put him on the floor with? Does he put him on the floor with two other guards in a smaller lineup? Does he use him in a bigger lineup? Does he use him primarily as a two? What does that look like? And specifically, which players does he put around Austin Reeves? Are we seeing him out there with a, a high-level wing like Mikhail Bridges? Does he share time with a, a primary ball handler like Jalen Brunson? What does that look like? So I'm really curious to see exactly what type of unit does Steve Kerr decide to use Austin as? Because, you know, we get we get a lot of, get, we get to see Darvin Ham and how he envisions Austin's role. This is a chance to see Austin through the eyes of another coach and see how does he best utilize Austin's skill set. Now, I believe this was more Kobe than anything else, but we think about back in the day when Kobe was on the Olympic team with, with LeBron and, and Carmelo and all those guys, and he knew that he didn't have to do all the scoring. He took on the role of, I'm going to be the team's primary stopper. I'm going to be the lockdown defender. I'm going to set that tone with this team. And he did it successfully, and we got to see Kobe through almost a different lens. And then, of course, he stepped up really big uh, against Spain that year, and he was obviously incredible. But I'm curious to see what how is Austin utilized through the eyes of a different coach in Steve Kerr. And then I want to see, does Austin get reps as the lead ball handler? Because that's something that we've been hearing. There are rumors out there that Austin is going to get more opportunities to operate in the pick and roll with the ball in his hands. So at this level, with this many talented players around him, it would be, I think, a positive if we wind up seeing a lot of situations where Austin is indeed running pick and roll with Team USA. Number one, it's great practice. I don't look, I think Austin is very used to doing it. He grew up playing the point guard position. It's not something that's uncomfortable to him, obviously, to handle the ball and pick and roll. But if he's winning that job, even with the guys that are on this team, number one, that would be a great sign for Austin moving forward. But I also think it would be some important reps for him as we get closer to Lakers training camp, which is coming up at the end of next month. So those are the two things I'm really watching for. How does Steve Kerr utilize Austin Reeves? How do we see Austin uh, through the, the lens of another coach? And then how many on-ball reps does Austin get where he can run pick-and-roll situations? Because I do believe the Lakers are going to use him more frequently in that role this coming season. But Lakers Nation, I said it would be a bit of a shorter show today. Make sure you come join us over on Playback tonight again, 7 o'clock. Watch the game with us, USA versus Puerto Rico. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Make sure that you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Till next time, stay safe and see you.